Hey. Hope your day was good. Um so <laughs> Um so the reason I'm sending this as a voice note and I'm like eating you for lunch to say this is because I don't want to like force you into confrontation you don't want that. I just realized something and I just wanted to let you know. Yeah, it sounds really lame, but that's what it is. So basically, I think I mentioned to you that I'd moved rooms and I didn't tell Sunny that I'd done that. And it's been like a while. I think I, I did it, I started moving at the end of week one slash beginning of week two. Um, so it's been like almost, this is week, being a week four, it's been two, two, at least two full weeks since it happened. And I think he found out indirectly from Yazdan and them that I'd moved rooms. So I went to see him today. He messaged me and he was like, yo, like, is everything fine? I've been knocking on your door for a few days. You haven't answered. So I went to see him and he was really hurt. He was like really bummed out with me that I'd just moved and I hadn't told him. I hadn't told him at all um, that he had to find from someone else. He was just really bummed out and <clears throat> I kind of like AWOLed him for like those two weeks and it just reminded me <clears throat> I was sitting there having this conversation with him <clears throat> he was like he was really hurt and I was like I, I, I almost was surprised that he was so hurt because I didn't think of it in that way I was like because I had my own reasons for not talking to him in that time and so when he was like, I'm hurt, for a second I was like, whoa. And I said to him, I was like, I'm really sorry. And on the same hand, I couldn't have handled the situation any better. I was dealing with a lot of my own stuff. And I didn't have, I just I had my own reasons for not wanting to talk to you and they wouldn't, had nothing to do with you. And I guess I kind of, I'm not, I mean, I may be, I kind of, okay. I feel like I kind of understand what happened with you. It could be that I've just experienced something and I'm kind of extrapolating it onto you. So maybe this is not at all similar to what you went through. But what I'm saying is that I, I have a perspective on how that could have happened. Um, and that's something I didn't have before, you know. And I don't know, like, I don't know how I feel still. I mean, I'm still really hurt by the whole ordeal and confused. Um, and I think it's been pretty obvious that I'm still, as much as I'm trying to be civil, I'm still like weird because I don't really understand things. Um, and I don't know how much of that's going to change because of how poorly you've handled everything, of just how badly you've handled everything. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that until like an hour ago, I didn't have a perspective from which I could understand at all what you had done because I was like really involved in the being hurt part of the process and I hadn't like, even though I conceptually understood it, I hadn't had a chance to really like genuinely empathize and understand it. And I think after what happened with Sunny, I kind of get it because it wasn't anything about him. I just needed the space at the time. I just, it would have been difficult to see him for a number of reasons. And not all of them are like necessarily um, things that I can verbalize fully yet um, 
I just wanted to say that because that wasn't the case. Like before an hour ago, that wasn't the case at all. And I, I think that's, I don't know. And that's the hard thing about this is I don't know what the significance of this is. But I just wanted to let you know, I guess. So that was me sending a voice note to FZ. I've been thinking a lot about what happened in therapy and the situation with Sunny today was just, it just brought things into perspective a bit more. It's really, it's hard because it sometimes it feels like, like you're letting go of a lot of anger that feels like you shouldn't be letting go of. It's like someone kills your family and then you just forgive them. And then like, there's this desire for revenge for, to, to like, to, like cause the pain that's been that's been inflicted on you but my like when i was in therapy like i was getting really angry with my therapist because she wasn't like letting me just hate fset like she wasn't just letting me like plow into her and be like fuck that bitch i'm done with her and i'm just gonna you know whatever because and i couldn't get understand why and she, she said this one thing and she was she when she realizes she said i get that you're angry with me I get because you feel like I'm taking Fset's side. But that's not what's happening. I'm trying to change the way that you view or process or understand the situation because the way that you understand it currently is hurting you. And that's what like the whole revenge is the worst is like that the poison to yourself or whatever the cliche is. Is that like by holding on to this I'm preventing like I'm not letting another perspective sit in and that like this perspective that I have right now is really hurtful. The way that I understand things and understand the world right now is, is causing a lot of pain. And so I'm trying to untangle this a little bit. So I'm not as angry. And it doesn't mean necessarily letting people like I don't think I'll let Fset back into my life that easily. I'm definitely like holding out because she's not a stable person. She's causing a lot of pain. But on the other hand, I don't keep holding on to the perspective that causes me alone. I don't want to cause myself more pain. And it, it almost feels like an understanding that I'm able to let that go because I'm able to not take that as personally, what she did when she like just ignored me at a time when I needed her, you know? Uh, it's weird. I don't fully understand it, but I feel like I'm making progress and at the very least I have a therapy again on Wednesdays, so... <sighs> It is 11 p.m. I feel like 11 is around the time that I go to bed. Because if I go to bed 11... Actually, I need to be getting to bed by 10. 11 is too late because I need to wake up by 6. Um, but anyways, it is 11. I played squash, which was great. I won, but I'm incredibly unfit, so I'm going to have to seriously start working on fitness. I did do some work, which is really nice. I, I managed to get some good work done in the morning and the afternoon. Um... And I feel really tired, which is, I think, a good sign that I did what I was supposed to do today. I'm going to have to cook tomorrow, so I might, like, not run tomorrow and then run on Thursday instead. Not take the break on Thursday, take the break tomorrow so I can cook. Um, yeah. Today's been kind of a weird day emotionally. <clears throat> is that next episode, but we didn't really talk. I'd, I'd initially intended to sit next to Namisha, who was sitting next to Fsid, 
because that would be a good way to like kind of mediate it and see how it goes see how it went go to see how it would go but maybe she was sitting somewhere else and I just felt weird about the whole thing but it was also there was like a, an essence of like I could just like kind of let go like there was this bad feeling but I didn't have to like sink my fingers into it and like hold on to it super tightly I could just kind of let it be there um, and not freak out Today was a weird day, and I'm not sure that I feel okay, but I, I did some good stuff. I had a good game, squash. I spoke to Sunny. I spent some time with some people I really like. Um, and now I'm going to meditate and I'm going to sleep. Um, so I don't know. It was both a very good and a very sad day. Um, and that's it's a weird thing, but I'll take it for now, I guess. Okay. Um, oh, and another thing is, um, I see that like seven people have listened to some podcasts with some of the stuff. Um, if anyone has any questions or anything to say, like, I don't know. That would be cool, I guess. Um, there's like a section of the Anchor app where you can like leave a message. Um, okay then. Good night. There's this scene in, in like in one of my f- favorite movies, The End of the Tour, where. David Foster Wallace, it's a, it's an autobiographical film based on the prolonged conversation between David Lipsky and the author of Infinite Jest, David Foster Wallace, his four-day book tour. Um, and there is a scene at the end of the movie where um, Wallace enters the kind of guest bedroom that Lipsky is sleeping in and he starts I guess because of the trip because David Lipsky was writing this article for Rolling Stones and David Foster Wallace and like because of the nature of the article and Rolling Stones he almost had to kind of try and dig into for some dirt And I kind of get it because you can't write a fluff piece about a dude. Um, but he says this thing comes in, and I think they've been fighting a bit for a certain part of the trip. And anyways. David Wallace walks into the room and he starts talking about this kind of pain. (laughs) He calls it what he refers to as what might have been called earlier as a spiritual crisis. The feeling of getting A and B and living what he calls a very American life in terms of like getting A and B and succeeding at this and succeeding at that and then and then feeling nothing 
feeling no different and having kind of everything that you've believed become just just uh, just become exposed as fragile and as an illusion and you're just kind of left alone and you're, you're so much better than everyone because you, you get it you've, you've succeeded and you've ruined and the result of your success is that you realise that, that it means nothing the reward for succeeding is realising that it means nothing in and of itself to some extent and you're also so much worse off than everyone else because now you can't really function and not functioning is something that I am relating, it can relate to a lot this, this feeling of this kind of inner death or like this inner illness and the difficulty it takes to just function when that's happening to you I'm so physically tired right now it's 10.50pm I've had an exhausting day I was just thinking about that today. I, I rewatched the scene. Um, it's just a little weird. I, I don't know. I'm doing a lot at the moment in the hopes of becoming happy, like playing squash and writing, like writing at a writers' club, and I'm like trying to work hard so I can get good marks, and, and I feel a lot better, but. Underneath all of it, there's like this, there's this thing that comes sometimes, this like emptiness. And right now I'm so tired, I can't feel anything. And I think that's kind of the goal, but I don't know if that's like a solution. First, like at the end of this kind of thing that he's saying to David Lipsky, he says he says he he doesn't he doesn't think that people ever really change. And there's a part of him that landed him in a psychiatric hospital. They're still there. All those same parts of him, all those same parts of him, is still there. And just trying really hard not to let them drive. And that's really what it feels like: this constant, like, effort to not let them drive. I don't know. It's. I don't really know what I'm getting at. I just had a weird pseudo lonely two days where I, I'm not very really lonely but I I kind of feel a little strange. Okay. I was so freaking out about the work. Okay. Alright, that's literally all that. curious to listen to this at the end of the week because in contrast to like last week's stuff 
the, the stuff I'm talking about now is, is less diary like and more expressive, more prose, poetry kind of stuff. Or at least, you know, if you've listened to last week's one, then I think it makes a bit more sense. This is more expressive and emotive and less I was doing this and I was doing that. And I was just was wondering if it'll, f- I'm wondering if it's going to flow well, you know, like from one day into the next there's some kind of consistency in what I'm dealing with and what I'm thinking about um, but I'll have to listen and see hope it is maybe I'll edit my way around it I'm really tired it's 10.30 getting started earlier night tonight um, hopefully it means I can wake up before 6 and start I didn't manage to finish last week's work um, today I didn't manage to finish week 3 today I'm just too tired I can't seem to focus I had squash and, and that was great but <sighs> I, I was so tired from squash that I couldn't really do much work and that's the thing I guess I want to talk about now is tonight is it's really difficult to balance work and play and play is like doing and it's not even necessarily play in the sense of like in just fucking around because the stuff I'm doing is also like hard like going to therapy and, and reading and writing and um like playing squash and but I think it's stuff that makes me happy I'm feeling happier to some extent um, but I'm also freaking out because I don't know if I'm studying enough and I'm always like struggling with some stuff and I think there's some correlation between wanting to make like not wanting like somehow wanting to comfort Amma or to be comforted by Amma um, by mummy um, by working I think like when I would work and I would get good marks there was some kind of an affection linked to that and there's like so when I study there's like this warm mother's glove around me. I think I don't know, my first therapist was telling me that there's some research into like when you paint you tap into like this old primitive part of your brain that remembers what it's like to be held by your mother and and that's why people can love to paint and to be honest, that's the way that I feel when I when I study. And so, like, finding this balance and trying to, like, create some space for myself to be happy so I don't end up <laughs> knocking my head off or flinging myself off the building. I don't know. That idea, that thing that Dave Foster spoke about in, that, in the part of the book that, you know, when this guy flings himself off a burning building the idea is not that he's not terrified to do that, it's just that the alternative is so much worse. And I'm not at a point yet where the alternative is that much worse, but it sometimes feels like... It sometimes feels like I'm standing on the like, on the edge of like a really tall building, or like a massive bridge, but I'm blindfolded, so I don't realise it. I'm just like, I'm just wandering around on this roof, and I don't realise how close sometimes I come to the edge. And then, like, I'll look, like, down underneath the blindfold and, like, this little gap, and I'll be like, oh, shit, I'm close, like, 
I could just easily this is the thing if I could just easily fall off right now like I'll be on the edge and I'll be like oh, I, could, I, could, I could fall off accidentally that's just, it's a really weird really scary feeling that's kind of in the back of my head sometimes and I don't know if I'm using my depression to justify enjoying myself I'm using the, the, the extreme case of suicide to justify just wanting to just just enjoying myself um, and doing the things other than studying you know because I'm scared of failure and failing and I don't maybe that's that's probably a problem as well the whole the idea that I have to like justify trying to wanting to enjoy myself with the with the threat of suicide you know like, like if it wasn't for that then I wouldn't be allowed then I don't deserve it like I don't know, it's weird. I'm having a, I'm having a weird day. I hope to see weird on episode of this bride on Saturday. That's gonna be so weird. Probably have to buy meat on the Friday. I don't necessarily have a resolution at the moment or some kind of catharsis or whatever. Um, I just. Just need to figure out a way to remove all of these layers so I can just be myself and so I can just be happy with that. Sounds like Mickey is the honor back. I'm say it's too colorful. Throwing out jazz but last night and towards the end of it um I'm starting to get to I've been talking about this a lot with a lot of people and I keep coming up this thing of like what is it that motivates people? Like I know in like cringy cliche way but like you look at someone like Elon Musk burning themselves into the ground having now a bit more of an inkling of what that might feel like or what that what you might be required to sacrifice to do that. Like, 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 you have to put yourself in a lot of pain, like a lot of pain, and if you don't put yourself in all that pain, the consequence is not failure, it's just like, less success. Um, like, I'm sure Elon Musk could have pulled out a long time ago, and, you know, he had like, he had a lot of money, he could have lived his life, he could have toured, he could have just worked on stuff himself. Um, someone like, you know, Steve Jobs, or even just like, you know, doctors that we see at the hospital, like, you have to put yourself through a lot of pain to achieve that, like, and I'm, I'm just being curious as to why, because I think when I was younger, I've always, I always wanted to be a part of that, like, I always wanted to be a peer to people like that, I wanted to 
have my name there with them. And not because I wanted to be remembered, I think it's because I didn't really belong anywhere when I was younger. And I wanted, I think that was the desires, like I felt like, like I remember, like I wasn't invited to much in high school. I wasn't like a part of any group or any clique. Even with the people that I was friends with, I wasn't really a part of their clique. I was just maybe like, like friends with one or two people. And I remember when I got invited to my first academic dinner, I'm sitting there and I was like, oh, you know, it was like I was invited to this thing that I could now be a part of and like where I was like equals at everyone at the table. And I remember feeling like I'd probably be like the last guy on the list, like because the academic nurse was the top seven in each grade and being like probably at number seven. So I, I still felt kind of like maybe I shouldn't be there. And then I found out that I was number two. And there was something desirable about like there was something desirable about the idea that I could earn myself a space at the table. That I could belong somewhere through hard work and focus. Like there was like a very clear way to belong somewhere. And I felt like I would be loved by my mother more and I felt like I would be loved by my family more. And I felt like there was finally a way that I could like be acknowledged by other people. A way that I could like finally belong to some group or something. And now that I'm older, like and I kind of belong in a few places, and now that I'm realizing that like academic prowess in a place like medical school is not going to necessarily get you at any table because they're all the same, everyone's achieving to different levels. There's this question of like, I still want this, but I don't know why, and I don't know how badly I want it, and I don't, I'm just curious. Like, I, I want to know what it is that's moving these people because I want it to move me because I think I have a very different, like now, there's more, like, I want purpose. I'm so depressed and so lonely and so confused. And I think purpose is the one thing that can, like, elevate you from that. I think that's why when I was younger, I used to have fantasies of being, like, a superhero. Everyone does. Because when you have, like, a very clear sense of purpose and you're helping someone else, it's, everything is less personal, it's less about you. So like when someone, your friend like gets mad at you one day, you don't take it that personally. You're able to like put things in perspective. And if you're alone, it doesn't feel as abysmal because you have a reason to be alive, you know? And for a bit last year, that reason was like, I couldn't kill myself because my mother would be distraught. I, I was staying alive because I love my mother. Not even my family, just like my mother. And I mean, it was a really bad time last year, and it was like she would like she helped me through it, and that was the only thing that I could hold on at the time. But that's like I can't keep holding on to that crutch, and I'm trying to find that thing that that real sense of serving and loving and purpose. And I think that's why I feel like these people have that sense of purpose. I feel like they have something inside of them that's driving them, so that like even when shit goes wrong in their lives, it doesn't mean the end of the world because it's not about their lives. I'm just, yeah, it's not night, it's like 7.26am, which is a bit different, but I'm just, I'm heading out to Starbucks to do some studying, and this idea is just like in my head, and I was just thinking about it, because I was talking about it, like we, on the date it was really weird, we talked about like art and history, and then we talked about arts and music and writing and interesting ideas of, um, like we were talking about quantum physics, and I was like, Relating it back to medicine, the way that everything kind of comes together, and it was just, it was a very academic date, if I can put it like that, a very, like, you know, and so towards the end of the night was when, like, because that stuff's all great, and I love talking about it, but I also, like, this is, I, I, I respect art in the way that it relates to real life, not as academic for the sake of being academic, I don't, 
I don't, I mean, I could be talking about like literature and stuff is great, and talking about the way that literature serves literature and the way that like it, it's great and it's interesting and it's beautiful, whatever. And that's the way we talked about it, and it's very abstract, very like removed from the way. And I mean, she was talking about like how she loves it and stuff, but like, I like the thing that really matters to me is the way that art reflects onto life, like. That's the significance. Like it's not it's not art for the sake of being art, it's art for the sake of expressing and communicating and reaching this one thing. And so towards the end of the night I was like about to leave, I was so tired. It had a long day. I was with Brian, F said was there with, you know, Michelle and Savid and Islam and Mickey and Abiano was supposed to be there, but I think even Kafka Cinnamon's around. Um Yeah, she actually messaged me to come say hi. If, uh, I was busy the whole of yesterday, and I don't know if I'm gonna be free today, so I don't know if I'll see her. I don't know if I want to see her. It's a bit of a difficult thing. Um, I just don't want to do the twenty minutes sitting in my room awkwardly, and then she leaves. Thing, I don't have the time to meet her properly either. I don't even know if she wants to meet me properly either. So I don't know, but. But yeah, there's, there's just that, you know, we were just talking about that at the end before we left, and it's just a, it's just a question I keep asking, and I just, yeah, I don't know. Okay, alright, um, I guess, good morning, um, hopefully I have a good day, maybe I'll report back later tonight. <laughs>